What's up, divers? Welcome into the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on my main platform being Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, YouTube at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, even TikTok at Deep Dive FF. And as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com. With that being said, let's get into the content. What's up, divers? Welcome into another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football. I know, I know it's been a minute. My bad. I've been super busy, super heavy schedule. It's been tough for me to get into the booth and get recording, so I apologize for that. I'm back on the mic. I will probably be reducing my hopes of two podcasts a week during the season probably down to one it's going to be a comprehensive podcast it'll wrap up the previous week that just finished what we learned how we can project forward with what we learned and then i'll give you like starts sits sleepers stuff like that some prop bets stuff like that for the season ahead of the day that podcast comes out so it'll be you know a little bit of a summary and a little bit of a projection every week i think it'll be pretty cool pretty simple And um, it'll be something that, you know, you don't have to have too much time for and you'll be set for the week. It'll probably be about an hour, so maybe a little bit longer because usually I was doing like two and a half hours worth of podcasting per week. So it'll probably be a little bit longer of an episode, but hey, you listen when you can and it's all good. Now, I just want to say before we get started, I know I sound a little nasally. It's allergy season. What can I say? I'm just trying to put out the content, you know. So we're going to continue on. We've got our third mock draft. So many people, most of, pretty much everyone already wrote a review, but all of the people that had done so were saying, hey, I already wrote a review, but like, can I get a super flex mock? So yes, I got you guys. Today will be a super flex mock draft. We're going to do it from the middle of the draft. It's still going to be PPR, just super flex now. So that quarterback value is going to skyrocket. And aside from that, it's going to be pretty normal. Now, before we get to the mock draft, I would actually like to touch upon something that's very important for fantasy football and that's drafting to win your leagues not drafting to make the playoffs what do i mean by that i mean yes schedules will change and strength of schedule will change and key defensive players will get hurt and offensive players will go down and stuff like that will change the dynamics of teams but overall it's somewhat it would somewhat behoove of you to look at what opponents lie ahead for somebody that you're drafting in the fantasy playoffs. So I actually did that for you because what can I say? I'm a nice guy. So I did that for you. And I'm going to give you guys the best schedules at every position for the fantasy playoffs weeks 15 to 17. That is all three rounds of the playoffs. So if we look at the quarterback position, plus this will be very important considering the mock draft we're about to do, We're going to have a lot of quarterbacks, so this is perfect for us to know. Top five easiest fantasy playoff schedules for quarterbacks. Number one easiest schedule is Trey Lance. And I say Trey Lance, not Jimmy Garoppolo, because at this point in the season, Trey Lance will definitely be starting. So Trey Lance, love it. He's somebody that already has massive potential. And you're telling me he has three cake matchups in the playoffs? I'm all about that, so keep that in mind. That's a great tiebreaker. Second easiest schedule, Jared Goff. Ooh, not interested in Jared Goff in the slightest. Third easiest schedule, Big Ben. Hmm, 
I don't know. He could be good. If he throws a lot and he's a little bit better and his arm is a little better, he could be pretty good. So that's a decent one. Fourth, easiest schedule, Josh Allen. Rocket arm, cannon. He's ready to go, locked and loaded. He is an elite fantasy quarterback, as we all know, but he also has an elite fantasy playoff schedule. So that's sick. And fifth overall, fifth easiest schedule, Tua Tago Vailoa. I think he's going to show that he really can be a star in this league this year. So those are the five quarterbacks with the easiest schedules. Let's keep that in mind. It's a great tiebreaker. And it's good to know when it comes to like trading in the middle of the season or in the couple first couple weeks of the season, say, hey, I'm looking at this player. This guy's probably not looking that far ahead. I am because I'm a smart fantasy player and that's how I'm going to win my league. So I'm going to trade for this person. I did that last year in a cup. I, I do that in every league, but in a couple leagues that I won, I truly believe I won because I did that. I looked at playoff schedules for guys like David Montgomery and traded for him. Jonathan Taylor traded for him, stuff like that. So now let's look at the running back position. We've got the five easiest schedules in the fantasy playoffs for running backs. And oh my goodness, could this not have worked out better for me? The first and easiest schedule for the running backs is Austin Eckler. I have him ranked higher than any other analyst I have seen anywhere. I have Austin Eckler as my third overall running back. That's great because you're already getting him way later than that, at the back of the first round, top of the second round. You're drafting Austin Eckler at his floor. Not only does he have massive PPR upside, not only does he have the possible opportunity with Joe Lombardi, who was with Alvin Kamara in New Orleans, to get a lot more red zone usage than usual and be able to possibly get double-digit touchdowns for the first time in his career, but he's also got an elite schedule, so I'm all about Austin Eckler. Now, the second easiest schedule goes to James Robinson. That's awesome because initially, Travis Etienne, James Robinson, meh, we don't really know how that's going to work out, so it wouldn't have been that beneficial to us. But now that we know it's James Robinson, locked and loaded, that's going to be awesome. Now, the third easiest schedule goes to the 49ers running backs, Raheem Mostert, Trey Sermon. That's going to be good, and it's going to be helpful, but it's not going to be league-winning because if those two guys are both healthy, they're still going to be splitting with each other. So they'll go from good flexes to upper-tier flexes or maybe lower-tier RB2s if they're both healthy, given the schedules in the fantasy playoffs. Same thing for the fourth easiest schedule running backs. That's the Cardinals, Chase Edmonds and James Conner. I'm not super interested in the Cardinals running backs. I don't really have them anywhere this year, not even Dynasty. So... That's actually, I I think that's beneficial to to me because I really don't think either one of them is ever going to take over the backfield unless one gets hurt. And even if so, you still have Kyler who had 11, I think, rushing touchdowns last year. So he's taking up so much touchdown potential away from the running backs in the first place. And then fifth overall, and this is a sleeper, so don't sleep. All right, Javonta Williams. You guys know I think he's going to take over. After a couple weeks into the season, he's going to get a big workload as a rookie in week one. He is, but it's going to get better and better and better. And by probably the midpoint of the season, he's going to be getting 70% of the work. And that's with a Broncos team that now is being quarterbacked by Teddy Bridgewater, who's more likely to check it down to the running back position than Drew Locke. So there's possible more receiving upside there. Teddy Bridgewater is also not great in the red zone, so maybe they'll be more inclined to run the ball in the red zone with Javonta Williams. And they have a great defense, which is going to keep them in game, so they'll be able to pound the rock with Javonta Williams. So he's already got a great situation, and he's got the fifth easiest schedule in the fantasy playoffs. 
He's somebody I'm drafting everywhere. In redraft, you're getting him in the sixth round. I'm drafting him everywhere. We'll see if I get him in this draft. Who knows? So those are the top five running back schedules. Now we'll go over the top five wide receiver schedules, and then we can get into the draft. So the easiest schedule to the wide receivers is the 49ers wide receivers. So as you can see, we've got a trend here. The 49ers just have a super easy schedule in general. Trey Lance had the easiest schedule for quarterbacks. The running backs were in the top five, and their wide receivers have the easiest schedule. So that's Brandon Ayuk territory and Debo Samuel territory. That's pretty interesting. And if you have Brandon Ayuk, I would feel a little bit better because personally, I've had some doubts. I've had some doubts on Brandon Ayuk. I know he's good. He's going to be a very good dynasty asset. But this year, I don't know if he's going to be as good as people are hoping him to be. People that are putting him up against Chase Claypool and T. Higgins. Actually, Claypool, I have no problem with. But putting him up against like T. Higgins and Jerry Judy and stuff, that might be... LaVisca Chenault, that might be a little bit riskier. Michael Pittman, probably not, though. I'll take him over Pittman for sure. But putting him up against all those other stacked rookie wide receivers from last year, it's tough because he's going to be in a lower volume pass offense. But now you know he's got an easy schedule. So that's nice to, uh, nice to know. Then we've got the second easiest schedule to the wide receiver position, and that's the Cardinals. DeAndre Hopkins, Rondale Moore. Whoo! Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Not too much to say there. I mean, Rondell Moore is a sleeper. If you want to grab him at the end of drafts, just be patient with him. And DeAndre Hopkins, we already know he's a stud. Then the third easiest schedule, ugh, not interested at all. Amon Ross St. Brown, Tyrell Williams, the Lions receivers, no thank you. Just like Jared Goff, I'm out on that passing game unless you're talking to me about Swift or TJ Hawkinson. The fourth easiest schedule, and this one's very interesting, Terry McLaurin. And the Washington receivers, Curtis Samuel and De'Ami Brown. So those three, that trio of Washington wide receivers have the fourth easiest schedule. Ryan Fitzpatrick loves to let it rip. He loves to target the wide receiver position. And, (coughs) excuse me, and that's going to be great. They're going to be very, very good. So I love that. Terry McLaurin's got possible top five wide receiver upside. There's so many good wide receivers, though. It's, It's tough to just be able to say, oh, yeah, Terry's got it locked in for sure. But he's definitely in that wide receiver one top 12 territory, and he might be a top five wide receiver in the fantasy playoffs because of the schedule. And then lastly, the fifth easiest schedule with Zach Wilson at the quarterback position for him, Corey Davis and Elijah Moore, maybe Jamison Crowder if he stays relevant. Those guys are awesome. You guys know I love Corey Davis as a sleeper. So by the way, I apologize. I'm not going to have the sleeper episode come out. All right, I wanted, I figured you guys would be more looking forward to a, a mock draft episode. That's what it seems like, at least. And those of you that asked me for my sleepers and when the sleeper episode was going to come out, I sent you my actual sleeper list because I had the show, show sheet ready to go. I just wasn't able to record. And I also posted it on my socials, on Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff. So you still have access to that. Plus, we're going to be able to touch on those guys during mock drafts. So I figured the mock draft would be more beneficial. So with that said... Those are the schedules. Next up is the mock draft. What's up, divers? Do you guys enjoy a good workout like me? Well, guess what? I've got the perfect nutrition for you, and that is Built Bar. Go check out BuiltBar.com. Guys, I have tried every single flavor to this point. I've got some rankings for you. Here are my top five favorite flavors that are in the 18-pack, their standard rotation, not any holiday or special event items my favorite is banana bread followed very closely by coconut 
I really like the peanut butter. That is my third favorite. Toffee almond. Ooh, that's a nice one. And cookies and cream. Those are the top five flavors if you guys want to try them out. If you haven't, why not? Why have you not tried these out yet? These are amazing. I have them after every single workout paired with, actually, their vitamin packs that give you 100% of your daily vitamins. Guys, I'm not even eating vegetables and fruits anymore. I don't need to. I'm getting all of my vitamins and then some in a pack that comes out to less than a dollar a day. Are you kidding me? You're spending more than that on fruits and vegetables. Plus, it takes time to eat that. I'm somebody who thinks time is money. So I just like to mix that stuff into my water. Check out Built Bar. Use my code Deep Dive to save 10% off and get the nutrition side of working out added in to the hard work you put in the gym and get max results. All right, let's get it going. I said we drafted in the middle, so it's the six or seven spot. I just said let's grab six for a random reason, whatever. So let's get it started. McCaffrey at first overall, Dalvin Cook at two, then Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Derrick Henry. So I'm staring down the barrel of an elite quarterback in either Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, or I can grab a elite running back, Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler, Ezekiel Elliott. You guys got to prioritize quarterback in a super flex draft. A super flex draft, while in name, it's still only you only need to start one quarterback because it's not a second quarterback spot, it's a super flex spot. By name, that's how it is, but in reality, it's basically a two quarterback league. Why? Because you're not going to start anybody in a super flex spot that's going to be better on average than a quarterback, no matter who the quarterback is. The worst quarterback in the league is going to average 14 points a game, which is better than anyone outside of the top 12 running backs and anyone outside of the top like 30 receivers or top 20 receivers. So you're going to be playing a quarterback always if you're smart. So you got to prioritize those quarterbacks. I go Lamar Jackson there at 1-6, third quarterback off the board. He's my quarterback too, so I'm completely good with it. And also, Lamar Jackson, as his guys get healthy, Rashad Bateman, Sammy Watkins, all those guys get healthy, he's going to be getting better and better and better. So I like Lamar Jackson a lot this year. Then we've got most of the elite quarterbacks and running backs go The only wide receivers that go before it gets back to me are Stephon Diggs and Tyreek Hill. The best running back on the board, in my opinion, available to me is Najee Harris, Antonio Gibson, Aaron Jones. Those are the top, and Clyde. Those are the top four running backs on the board right now for me. And you know who else is on the board? Kelsey went, obviously, but Waller did not. And you guys know how much I preach about Waller. I'm grabbing him. There's no way I'm going to miss out on an opportunity in the middle of the second round to get somebody I personally value as a first-round player in Darren Waller because he gets you more than four points per game over the average person's tight end. And if you're not counting Kelsey in that, if you say, okay, what does Waller get me over everyone's tight end except for the owner who has Kelsey, he's getting you like a six-point or five-and-a-half-point advantage over everyone else. So that's the third-best value in the game. It's Kelsey, McCaffrey, and then Waller, if you're looking at value over replacement. So I'm taking him in the middle of the second. Then we've got Devontae Adams, Metcalf, and Hopkins for wide receivers that go off the board before it gets back to me. Those running backs that I was talking about, Najee Harris, DeAndre Swift, Antonio Gibson, go off the board, and a couple quarterbacks, as well as George Kittle. So now 
I gotta make a decision here. Do I take Clyde? You guys know I preach about running backs, and I love running backs. Do I take Clyde here as my RB1, which I have no issue with, which is what I was initially planning on doing. That was what I was planning. But now that I see who's on the board, and I'm looking at the wide receivers here, the only wide receivers that have gone are the big five. And you guys know I don't think DK Metcalf should be in the big fa- big five. The fact that he went in front of DeAndre Hopkins, come on, ridiculous. The fact that he went in front of the guy who I just took is ridiculous. And the guy that went after me. So who am I taking here? I'm going to go for a wide receiver who is in my top three for the season. And that's Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley is going to be a monster. He was not any worse once Julio Jones was off the field. He actually maintained efficiency and was just as good for fantasy in terms of points per game. So there's no reason to doubt Calvin Ridley at all. And yes, maybe the team passes a little bit less, and I've already factored that in in my projections because I expect them to try and set up the run more and to just be a better team that's not chasing points as often. They still will be, but as often as they were last year. And we know that the Tennessee coaching staff that has came over to Atlanta loves to run the ball right? And they don't pass that much. Now, they're going to have to pass a lot more than they're probably comfortable with and what they would prefer to do. But, you know, they they got to, (laughs) they have to go with what the situation is. And the situation in Atlanta is a horrible defense, a bunch of good offenses in the division to worry about. And they're just going to have to pass the ball a lot still. So Calvin Ridley, I love him. I'm getting him as the sixth wide receiver off, off the board. He's my third wide receiver and that's in the middle of the third round so I, I can't pass up that opportunity to get a running back that like Clyde who's my RB12 so I have to take the value there with Calvin Ridley he's got a higher vorp for me so after Calvin Ridley goes then Justin Jefferson goes which is somebody that should definitely be getting drafted in front of DK Metcalf then Clyde AJ Brown some other running backs wide receivers and quarterbacks I was keeping my eye on Tannehill but honestly, I probably wouldn't take him in the fourth since I've already got one quarterback. So it gets back to me. I'm in the middle of the fourth, and the only running back that went other than Clyde was Mixon. And I would have loved to have Mixon in this situation with how my team is built as my RB1 with great upside. But unfortunately, he did go. So now I'm looking at David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, Chris Carson, Miles Gaskin. I, Out of that group, I like David Montgomery the most. Sanders and Josh Jacobs... Unfortunately, I love both of them. I love the talents. I grabbed them both in Dynasty when they were rookies in a Dynasty startup league that I had. I like them both a lot. But they're both in pretty crappy situations right now. I've kind of soured on them for redraft purposes for this year. I like David Montgomery a lot better. He's going to get more work than probably both of them. He probably will get more work than Josh Jacobs, but it'll be close. But he's also, you know, he doesn't have the threat of a Kenyon Drake. Tariq Cohen, I think, just got put on pup, so he's going to miss the first six weeks of the season. So David Montgomery will have that receiving upside to start. Plus, I mean, Tariq, you're missing a a season and a half now consecutively. We'll see if he's even the same and if they want to even commit to him in the receiving game. Plus, if Fields takes over, that's better touchdown potential for David Montgomery possibly with a better offense. So, And he'll be more efficient because his quarterback can run now too, so that's an additional threat the defense has to worry about and read. So... David Montgomery is the guy. He's going to be my RB1 in this situation. This is the latest I've ever had my RB1 in the fourth round. So we'll see what I can put together. So after David Montgomery goes, let's see. Miles Sanders, Jacobs, both of them go. Chris Carson goes. Dang it. I was hoping he could be my RB2. And then a bunch of receivers, Stafford, 
And now it's back to me. So I can look at the quarterback position, try and lock down my second quarterback. Personally, the quarterbacks in this range that I know that are going to come up next are not guys I'm interested in. So because of that, I'm going to try and hit that running back position home, and I'm going to take Miles Gaskin in the middle of the fifth round. Miles Gaskin was very, very good last year once he finally took over after like, I don't know, maybe like week two or three. Whenever he was healthy, he was very good. And some people got scared off by some Malcolm Brown usage in the early preseason, but as it went on, we saw, hey, Gaskin really is their guy. They're using him as such. He's going to be getting a good load of receptions still, and he's going to probably be getting the most carries. He might lose some red zone touches here and there, but let's be honest, that team was not in the red zone often last year anyways, and Miles Gaskin was very good. That offense is going to be way better, so even if his usage is less, he'll be there more often. So he's not really losing out if you think about it. So Miles Gaskin, if he's anywhere anywhere close to what he was last year, he's a massive steal in the middle of the fifth round. So I'm going to take him as my RB2. Then some quarterbacks that go off the board, the guys that I was saying I'm not really that interested in this high, Trevor Lawrence, Matt Ryan. And I do like Trevor and his rushing upside, but this is too high for him. Trevor Lawrence, Matt Ryan, and that's it. That's it with quarterbacks. Then we've also got a bunch of receivers, running backs, of course, but I'll just tell you who's available and who I'm choosing from. So I'm still looking at running back. I got my elite wide receiver in Calvin Ridley. I don't want to overthink it. Not overthink it. I shouldn't say that, but I don't want to focus on receiver for the simple reason that I love so many receivers later on and the running backs get thin, they get thin quick. And the fact that I don't have those elite top end running backs because I decided to go with an elite tight end a top three receiver, and a top three quarterback. I kind of put myself in a position here where I really do want to just hit running back over and over and over, so that's what I'm going to do. So remember, I've got David Montgomery and Miles Gaskin already. I'm going to take somebody that we've talked about. He's got a top five fantasy playoff schedule. He's a rookie. He's a running back, and he's somebody that reminds me of primetime rookie season Doug Martin, Javonta Williams. I'm taking him in the middle of the sixth round at 6'7", overall, Shows him over the other running backs available, such as Chase Edmonds, Melvin Gordon, Raheem Mostert, Damian Harris, Ronald Jones, Trey Sermon. He's not anywhere close to those guys except for maybe Damian Harris, in my opinion. Maybe Chase Edmonds, since we're talking PPR, but I really don't see him like completely taking over over James Conner. So I think that's going to be a frustrating situation. Javonta Williams, I love him as my RB3. He might start off slow, but I know that, and I'm drafting him, and I'm understanding that when I'm drafting him. I'm not going to freak out after week three when he's averaging like 10 points a game. I'm not going to be like, oh crap, I drafted a bust. I'm going to wait. I'm going to be patient because every season, people don't do that with rookies, and every season, they regret it, so don't be that guy. If you're going to draft a rookie any higher than like the eighth or 10th round, be willing to understand you're going to want to hold him for a couple weeks and he might not help you right away. Justin Jefferson was dropped everywhere. Everyone that did it hated themselves. Cam Akers was dropped in many places. And honestly, rightfully so, if you're in like six-person bench leagues. But if you had deeper leagues, deeper benches, and you were dropping, dropping Cam Akers, you were kicking yourself once he started going off. There's guys like that every year. It, Nick Chubb did it once upon a time. Alvin Kamara did it once once upon a time. It happens all the time. Jonathan Taylor even started kind of slow. So just be patient. Javonta Williams is my RB3. Now, after that, we've got some quarterbacks going off the board. Tua, somebody I was hoping that I could possibly get in the next round. Tua Tagovailoa, Baker Mayfield, Kirk Cousins, 
Those are the only quarterbacks that go off before it gets to me. Then we've got some wide receivers who I'm not interested in pretty much any of them that go off the board. Adam Thielen, Kenny Galladay, Odell Beckham, Michael Thomas. I don't want any of those guys right here. Brandon Ayuk and Deontay Johnson both went. They're both all right, but I have receivers that I have ranked above them that I'm going to get three rounds from now. So I'm confident I will get those guys three rounds from now. So now it gets back to me, and I'm going to look at the quarterback position. I don't want to risk waiting another 12 picks before getting my second quarterback. And I'm going to take somebody with huge upside who we also talked about as having the best fantasy playoff schedule, and that's Trey Lance. Trey Lance, once he does take over, is going to be a top 12 quarterback, mark my words. He's got an amazing situation. He's got an amazing coaching staff, amazing weapons. Yes, I know that's all included in situation. He's got amazing legs. He's got a cannon for an arm. He could pretty much do it all. He's got just as high of a ceiling as anybody in this league. He really does. And you might say, oh, come on, Brent. He's not Mahomes. Yeah, well, you know what he has that Mahomes doesn't? 800-yard rushing upside. Eight rushing touchdown upside. That's what Trey Lance has that Mahomes doesn't. That will make up for any deficiencies in the passing game. So Trey Lance, all about it. I'm taking that upside there in the middle of the seventh. Give it to me. Then we've got Justin Fields at the back of the seventh. I like that. That's a good pick. T. Higgins goes off the board. DJ Chark goes off the board. I like the Higgins pick a lot. Chark, I understand. Jerry Judy goes off the board right before me. That's a nice PPR wide receiver, especially with Teddy Bridgewater. I would have loved him to be my wide receiver too. But now it's back to me, and I'm still looking at that running back position. You guys know I'm always preaching. Find those running backs. Stack those running backs early. And I'm still looking at a board with a bunch of wide receivers that I love. So why not? Wait on him, right? So I'm going to take the last running back that I think is very good, and that's Damian Harris. Damian Harris is not going to be sharing with somebody like Ronald Jones and Trey Sermon, who are the other possible options here. So I'm taking Damian Harris with Mac Jones in tow as the starting quarterback now. Harris is going to have way more touches because Cam Newton's not going to steal them. He's going to have more touchdowns because Cam Newton's not going to steal them. So I love Damian Harris here. In the middle of the eighth, you might be saying, that's not realistic. What are you using for a mock draft? By the way, I am using Sleeper. But it is realistic because it's a super flex league. So there's like 20 quarterbacks off the board or something close to it. And that usually is not the case in the seventh round. It's usually more like five or six. So that's what's pushing everybody down a little bit is the fact that it's a super flex draft. Now, after Damian Harris, Ronald Jones goes, Trey Sermon goes. Oh, Michael Carter, that's another decent one. He goes in the top of the ninth and oh, there goes my guy. Oh, that hurt. Tyler Boyd, the beginning of the ninth, nine, three. I thought I was going to get him, but it's okay because I've got plenty. I got plenty of wide receiver sleepers. And I'm going to take one right here in the middle of the ninth. It's LaVisca Chenault to be my wide receiver too. Somebody that has top 15 wide receiver upside. And I think a floor of wide receiver 28, 30 as a floor. I'll take LaVisca Chenault all day. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? So give me LaVisca Chenault to be my wide receiver too with Calvin Ridley. Meanwhile, I have an elite quarterback, an elite tight end, a possible second great quarterback, and a bunch of solid running backs. That's perfect. I'm loving the team so far. After I take LaVisca Chenault, we've got some tight ends going. Watson goes. Ryan Fitzpatrick goes. All the crap running backs that I'm not touching. Kenyon Drake, Zach Moss, Leonard Fournette, all of them start going. And then Antonio Brown goes at the top of the 10th. He's somebody I would have definitely taken as my third receiver. And now it's back to me. 
Obviously, that wasn't everyone. I'm kind of skipping around here. I don't want to take too long giving you guys every single person that's picked at every spot. So I was just going over some, some relevant ones. But now looking at the board, I feel comfortable with my running back position. With those four guys, Montgomery, Gaskin, Javonta, and Damian Harris, I feel comfortable now. I'm willing to just look at another wide receiver. Who's going to be my wide receiver three? It's going to be Corey Davis. Corey Davis was madly targeted by Zach Wilson in the preseason. Elijah Moore's been hurt. He hasn't been able to get up to speed, so he's going to start slower. Corey Davis is probably going to have like a 30-something percent target share in the first few weeks. He'll still maintain probably 25% through the season or somewhere close to it, so I'm all about Corey Davis as my wide receiver three. And it's funny because right after I take Corey Davis, his quarterback goes, Zach Wilson. Then we've got Michael Pittman go. That was another guy I was willing to take as my wide receiver three over Corey Davis, but I took the upside of Corey Davis. Even though they have similar upside, I don't know, something, I just got a feeling. I have a feeling that Zach Wilson is going to do some good things this year as a passer. He might not be great for fantasy because he's probably still going to struggle. He's probably still going to turn the ball over and he's not going to run much, but in terms of giving enough stuff up for wide receivers, he'll probably be pretty good. So I just got a feeling, so that's why I took Corey Davis. Then we've got David Johnson go, ew, A.J. Dillon, ew. Marquise Brown, that's interesting because of all the injuries at the wide receiver position, but still not somebody I'm really looking for. Mike Williams, that's a good one, right before me. So now I'm back on the clock. I think I have room for probably another running back, one more running back than I could take my sleeper wide receivers and a third quarterback at the end of the draft. That's my plan. So I'm going to take my last running back, Devin Singletary. He is somebody that everyone craps on, and I'm not sure why. I've always thought Devin Singletary looks good, and people give him a hard time. He's efficient. Like, the efficiency metrics hold up. They say he's good. When I watch him, my eye test, he passes. So I don't understand what the problem is. I know for fantasy purposes, he's always going to be held back by Zach Moss and Josh Allen. Possibly if Zach Moss gets hurt, then Devin Singletary will be like a serviceable flex play or later RB2. But at this point in the draft, and this point in the draft is the 11th round, the middle of the 11th round, I'm going to take him as my fifth running back, secure the position, don't got to worry about it the rest of the draft. And also, Gus Edwards was on the board here, but that's because the ADP has not fully caught up yet, so I wasn't going to take him, that's cheating. So, because you guys would be like, come on, this is ridiculous, you're not going to get Gus Edwards there today. So that's why I didn't say Gus Edwards, but he is on the board. Then we've got Johnu Smith go, that's a pretty good value for a tight end with now Mac Jones. That's a pretty good value, back of the 11th. Irv Smith, once again, ADP is not fully caught up yet, so there was a a bad pick right there. And then Hunter Henry, Tony Pollard, Marvin Jones, Henry Ruggs. So those are two good sleeper receivers there. Now it gets back to me, and somehow people, everyone says they love this guy. Everyone's like, oh, I love this guy as a sleeper. He's so good. I love him. But his ADP has not changed, and that's Darnell Mooney. And I'm not saying just for this mock draft. I'm saying everywhere I draft, Darnell Mooney's still going super late despite everyone claiming that he's a sleeper for them and everyone claiming that they love him. He still hasn't really changed much. So I'm taking Darnell Mooney because he's there and that's awesome. He's going to be my fourth receiver on this team. He's the second receiver after Allen Robinson for the Bears. And I think that's going to be a great situation, especially when Justin Fields takes over. Now I need to really look at my third quarterback. You guys are like, oh man, you're talking about how important Superflex is, Brandon, and you've just got Lamar and Trey Lance. You don't even have a quarterback to start while Jimmy G is the quarterback. Well, I do now 
because I was paying very close attention to the quarterback position to make sure I could grab myself a starter, and I did, and it's Mac Jones. Mac Jones, and I understand why he's here. It makes sense for him to be here because he's not somebody that is going to use his legs at all. He's not somebody that's going to throw the ball 650 times in a season. He's not going to be a high-volume guy. Even if he's efficient, which is unlikely because he's a rookie, and he doesn't have like superstar weapons, he's going to be good enough to be a placeholder for me until Trey Lance takes over. Plus, Mac Jones has and the Patriots in general have one of the easiest schedules for quarterbacks. Not for playoffs, but for quarterbacks in general. And when, we, when it gets to the playoffs, we know I'm playing Trey Lance and Lamar Jackson. So I'm not even worried about that. I'm worried about just the beginning of the season. Mac Jones will be that holdover for me in that super flex spot until Trey Lance takes over. And I'm getting him in the 13th round. Beautiful. He's one of the last quarterbacks drafted. Then I've got one pick left. A couple guys that go off the board that I think were interesting. Rondell Moore, nice sleeper. And Ramondre Stevenson. And that's probably it. Now it's back to me. I'm going to take my last wide receiver. And I'm going to take Gabriel Davis. Oh, and Kenny Gainwell went as well. I don't know how I skipped over his name. You guys know I like him a lot. Then I'm going to take Gabriel Davis. I might have taken Gainwell if he was there. Gabriel Davis is going to be my fifth receiver. You guys might think I'm a little shallow on wide receiver. But guess what? Wide receiver is easy to play on the waiver wire. So I'm completely fine with that. I wanted to secure the running back position. You know I always want my elite tight end. And I got one of the best quarterbacks in the game and somebody with high upside with Trey Lance. So I think my team is golden. So let's talk about it. At the quarterback position, in a recap, I've got Lamar Jackson, Trey Lance, and Mac Jones. At the running back position, I have David Montgomery, Miles Gaskin, Javante Williams, Damian Harris. That's four RB2s right there with possible RB1 play from either Montgomery, Gaskin, or Javante at some point in the season. And then Devin Singletary as my fifth running back. Then at wide receiver, I have Calvin Ridley, top five, lock it in. LaVisca Chenault, great upside, high floor. Corey Davis, high floor, decent upside. Darnell Mooney, Gabriel Davis, those are my five wide receivers. And then, of course, I have the elite Darren Waller at tight end. So thank you guys for listening in. That's my super flex mock draft. If you guys have questions, hit me up. I know this is the biggest draft weekend. I personally have a whole bunch of drafts this weekend, and I've got mad people hitting me up during drafts trying to call me, text me, FaceTime me, DM me saying, hey, I'm on the clock, help me out. If you want to hop in on that, go for it because I I actually really do love helping you guys out during your drafts. So let me know. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Drop a rating, drop a review. Peace.